from sunny Minnesota, this is the Polaris Podcast, brought to you by the Polaris Help Center. As you know by now, I am Joe Zemer, and I am not an expert. But each month, here on the Polaris Podcast, I am joined by experts. And today, in the second of our Beginner's Guide episodes, we've got a heck of an expert joining us to hand out some advice to snowmobile newbies. Today, we're joined by Team Polaris athlete Julianne Chapman. Julianne is not just a professional rider. She's also an instructor. As the creator of She Shreds Mountain Adventures, she's accustomed to teaching beginners how to ride. So let's get to the conversation. We'll learn more about Julianne's story and get some expert advice along the way. Well, we're very excited to be joined by one of our Team Polaris athletes. Julianne, how are you doing today? I'm doing absolutely great and very honored to be here with you guys. Well, for all of our snowmobile beginners listening to this, would you mind giving us a quick introduction to yourself and your career? Sure. Um, I have been snowmobiling for, uh, I want to say, maybe 17, 18, 17 years in the mountains. Um, I had a little snowmobile uh, growing up on the lake uh, back home, uh, but I did take a, a quite a big break from it uh, while I was going through school and whatnot. And uh, started She Shreds Mountain Adventures 10 years ago um, after having a little bit of a uh, quote-unquote rude awakening, uh, learning how to snowmobile in the mountains. Um, it was just a really tough learning curve, really big learning curve. And so I was like, you know what, i got to create something to make it way more appealing and easier for people to learn how to snowmobile in the mountains. And so that's why I started Teach Rides Mountain Adventures. So when you started riding again, what was it that hooked you on it and made you decide this is going to be a thing I do now for the rest of my life? I think it was you know what, I think it was the learning curve because it was so hard. And when I finally, you know, figured it out after a solid season, and when I say a solid season, I mean going out like four or five times a week. Um, after, you know, getting it and, and getting on that learning curve and finally progressing, I think that's what really got me hooked into it. So you mentioned before She Shreds Mountain Adventures. You're now a well-known instructor. Let's dive a little deeper into that. How did you decide this is something I want to do, and what was the process like getting that started up? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, it was uh, it was a big learning curve, and, and I, I was like, I need, I need to make this easier for people and safer for people because there's a lot of um, factors that come into play when you know when you go start going snowmobiling in the mountains. It's not only just snowmobiling and learning how to ride in your machine, but you're starting to deal with uh, you know avalanche danger. You're starting to deal with uh, going out into far back country where there's no cell phone range and so you're you're not only uh learning about avalanche safety you're also learning about outdoor survival and all that kind of stuff and so i was like i need to i need to start teaching people this because it's a passion of mine i put myself through the ringer uh learning about these things and i really wanted you know people to learn about this sport in a safe manner and not uh, not have to learn the hard way i guess if you want to put it that way and so um, I created my first all-world snowmobile clinic um, back 10, 10 years ago, and it was a test run. Um, I was like, you know, let's just try one and see what the feedback is. And lo and behold, there was uh, 20 girls on this clinic. Uh, we had four great instructors, and um, there was a wait list of 22 women on the cancellation list. And so right there, I was like, okay. There's a little bit of a niche here. Um, and the reason why I started with females first is because, uh, you know, we're small. Um, it, it's a little bit tougher for us to learn how to ride these machines. And so 
um, started with females only. And then a couple of years later, when I started to get the request for men, I then opened up um, the instructions for men as well. So if someone takes a clinic now, what is the clinic like? What does it entail? And what skill level are they designed for? Yeah, so we have um, clinics for every single skill level. So somebody from straight up beginner that has never been on a snowmobile before to somebody who is advanced and wants to learn, uh, you know, jumps and drops and technical riding in the trees and uh, that kind of stuff. So um, depending what level you're at when you're coming to the clinic, like if you're an advanced rider with already certifications in avalanche safety and stuff, I don't really touch on avalanche safety course. Um, usually my clinics are about an hour uh, with avalanche safety lessons uh, when you're a complete beginner or intermediate without any avalanche courses. And so if you're already certified in that department, then we skip the avalanche stuff. We just do a quick companion rescue to prove to me people know how to use their avalanche gear and uh, are able to you know, find somebody under the snow if need be. Um, but if, if the person is a complete beginner, we start off with a Zoom meeting um, the night before, usually. Um, sometimes it's a couple nights before, depending if it's a holiday or whatever. Um, and we, I teach the uh, people um, the proper gear for outdoor survival, the proper gear for communications in the backcountry. I teach them a mapping lesson, so how to read topographic maps. Um, while you're in the mountains because there's obviously no roads <laughs> to go by so you're reading mountains and, and uh, topographically um, I teach people depending where the clinic is you know what the uh, emergency communication um, phone numbers are in that area um, I teach them uh, group a little bit of group management so you know if we're moving from point A to point B uh, making sure that the group is together while we move through the, through the, through the terrain. Yeah, that's about it. And then, and then, oh, obviously the avalanche report. So how to read the avalanche report and how to plan for your day on the mountains based on the avalanche report and the weather for that day. Um, and so that's all pre-trip. And then when we meet on mountain, um, I, let's say we're doing beginners. Uh, I'm teaching them how to do a group check with their transceivers, making sure that their transceivers are working correctly before even leaving the parking lot. And then I explain to them how, you know, proper body positioning on the trail, uh, throttle control on the trail, just to make their trip up to the riding area a little bit more enjoyable. And then once we get into uh, the mountains, uh, we do a companion rescue lesson. So making sure that they know how to use their avalanche gear, uh, making sure that they know the most uh, efficient way to find somebody if an avalanche were to happen. Um, and so, yeah, we're nailing off all the safety stuff right off the bat first thing in the morning. And then we go into technical skills progression lessons, how to ride a snowmobile in off-camera terrain in the mountains. Um, so that's your typical day. And then we obviously... Um, take time into consideration and, and weather into consideration and energy levels into consideration because mountain riding is extremely physically demanding. And so, you know, somebody who works an office job Monday to Friday and doesn't get to hit the gym at all, I have to be really careful because their energy levels are not going to be as um, uh, full-blown as somebody who uh, 
is working out five days a week and who has a strict uh, nutrition schedule and knows how much energy their body has and that kind of stuff. So I got to read the person um, as far as energy levels go, and I have to base the clinic um, around their energy levels and their and their physical limits. And so, um, yeah, the end of the day comes uh, whether it's weather or uh, energy level depletion. And if the energy level depletion comes early in the day and we still have daylight, then I go into uh, survival skills. So how to build a Quincy, how to build a fire, to keep yourself warm, what do you do if you're stuck in the backcountry or rent? So, um, and, and then a whole bunch of other skills stuff. So like uh, snowmobile maintenance, how to change a belt, how to, how to set up your snowmobile for your specific body to make be driving a little bit more, uh, a little easier on, on the person and, and, and whatnot. So that's your typical beginner day. Um, if I'm taking out an advanced group, uh, always, I always do the Zoom meeting, making sure that everybody's on the same page as far as safety goes and, and being able to uh, be a competent group together because obviously I've never been out in the mountains with new clients. With clients that are returned, um, the Zoom meeting ends up being pretty short because they know how we operate. We know how, how, how everybody works in the mountains. Um, so yeah, typical advanced group is uh, always do a companion rest in the morning, making sure even if they are certified with avalanche safety, um, I just want to make sure that you know they're a little brushed up on it and we're all on the same page and we can all trust each other in the mountains. And then we go into straight up skills progression lessons um, right away. And obviously with beginners, I'm starting off with the basics. So how to get the sled on edge, how to do, you know, little powder carves, whereas advanced riders all throw them right in the trees, technical riding right away. And we'll work on skills progression lessons um, as far as advanced moves go. So if someone is really interested in that, sound, that sounds great to them. Where should we send them to learn more about She Shreds Mountain Adventures? Yeah, so we've got a website. It's sheshred.ca. Uh, we also have our social media platforms. We've got Instagram, which is um, the little at symbol, She Shreds Mountain Adventures, all one word. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, um, She Shreds uh, Mountain Adventures on Facebook. And then we also have a YouTube channel, um, She Shreds Mountain Adventures again. And on the YouTube channel, actually, um, you get a bunch of pro tips that I have been launching for all last season and I'm continuing with this season, uh, brought to you by our uh, leading sponsors, so Polaris is one, uh, which is great. And, um, and those pro tips are, you know, for people who unfortunately live south of the border that can't come over the border this year because of COVID, which really sucks, um, or for people that just don't have the financial means to come to a clinic. Um, at least they can get a little bit of, of instruction for uh, technical skills stuff. And there's some really basic stuff too with the pro tips, you know, like how to start a snowmobile if you don't have an electric start and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, and on my blog, on my website, I've got tons of stuff when it comes to backcountry safety, as far as what what one should be carrying in the backcountry, um, satellite communication devices, you know, that kind of stuff. So as far as safety goes, there's a bunch of blog articles on my website. And then as far as technical skills progression, uh, pro tip lessons, you can look on YouTube for those. The other thing you get on all your social media, too, is just those views of British Columbia. Do you ever get tired of that? No, <laughs> hard no. Uh, British Columbia is uh, the mecca for mountain snowmobiling. I mean, there's so many different areas, you know, southern BC, northern BC. There's, they're all beautiful. Um, the only difference between all of, like, all the areas in BC is the snowpack. Um, you know, coastal southern BC gets uh, warmer snowpack, so it's a little bit more 
uh, we call it uh, concrete pow. So it's a little bit more uh, schmooey, I guess, if you want to say, because there's more moisture in the snow. Whereas if you come a little bit more in the interior, like where I live in the Western Kootenays, um, it is a lot lighter, fluffier snow. Uh, but the avalanche stage is a little, a little bit more spicy, I guess, if you want to call it where I live, because of the light snowpack. And if there's a bad layer, it takes longer for that bad layer to get crushed, I guess, if you want to call it. Whereas on the coast, where it's a heavier snowpack, the bad layers tend to crush a little bit uh, quicker. Um, now, as far as beautiful views go, don't get me wrong, the state has tons of beautiful stuff down in, you know, Wyoming, Idaho, uh, Colorado, you know, all those, but it's, it's all different as, as, as I just said, you know, Colorado has super high elevation. You're starting right away. So you're having to change your clutching in your snowmobile. You're having to, uh, breathe a lot harder and higher, higher elevations, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, it's all beautiful, but they all have their, their differences. Let's turn back to your teaching experience. What is it like working with those newcomers and like what percentage of your clients are people who are brand new to the sport? A pretty big percentage, actually. Um, if I'm going to put it percentage-wise, as, as far as like full-on beginners, I want to say at least 30% of my clients are full-on beginners. Um, and and the next bigger chunk, which I would say is like 50 to 60%, are, are people that have been out a couple times and have kind of a little bit of throttle control but have zero experience in the mountains or have only been out a couple times and, and want to learn the, the right way kind of thing. What are the sort of things that are really important then for those riders to learn? And what are some of the common mistakes that you're able to, to fix with newbies? Yeah. So newbies, it's such, as I said, it's such a big learning curve. So it's a lot to take in right off the bat. So the number one thing I always tell beginners or new people to, to mountain riding is, you know, don't get overwhelmed. Don't, give up it's a huge learning curve and if you're only getting one day a week or you know two days a month your learning curve is going to be a little bit longer than somebody who's getting out four or five times a week and so um don't give up it's it's one of those things you know if you're getting out four or five times a week it's going to be minimum one season to even start to get a grasp of mountain riding and start to enjoy it a little bit more now, if you're getting into it with, you know, the, 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 the right basics of safety and that kind of stuff, you have more chances of enjoying the sport because you'll have less chances of error while you're learning um, kind of thing. So, you know, somebody who doesn't take a clinic and just gets thrown into it and has a big boo-boo or big mistake, it might scare them and, and turn them away from the sport. So it's better to learn the proper way and, and um and, and do it right to actually enjoy the sport. Another thing I tell people is, you know, set your expectations low um, with anything in life, you know, with what you're cooking for dinner or what you're expecting for Valentine's Day, you know, like set your expectations low and you'll be happy in the end. Um, so somebody who's getting out snowmobiling um, for their first time, don't expect to be side-hilling your first or second day. Side-hilling comes, you know, season number two. Um, so set your expectations low, say, hey, if I get out today and be able to get the snowmobile on edge for two seconds, then there you go. That's your goal for the day, and that's an easily completed goal, and you're walking away that day happy because you completed the goal. If you're setting your goal your first day out being like, yeah, I'm going to go side-hilling through those trees, it's not going to happen. You might 
ruin your snowmobile into the tree and you might walk away that day pretty upset because you didn't complete that goal. So that's why I tell people, you know, set your expectations low and, and you'll, you'll go far. Um, setting up the snowmobile for your own body is huge because it um, will allow you to do these maneuvers easily. So if you're getting your snowmobile from your husband per se, or, you know, your buddy who weighs 100 pounds more than you, that snowmobile is probably set up for themselves. And so when you jump on it, it's going to be way harder because, one, the shocks might be set up super stiff for somebody who's tiny, and you won't be able to compress those shocks to get the sled on edge. Or handlebar height is another another thing. If you're getting a snowmobile um, given to you from your, snow, from your husband, your husband's usually probably a lot taller than you. And so those handlebars might be a lot taller and therefore you're losing all the strength in your shoulders if your hands are way up in the air. The hands should be um, somewhere between your pubic bone and your belly button. That is the position where you have the most amount of strength in your shoulders and arms to be able to steer that snowmobile. And so there's lots of things, you know, for short, short, short people, um, having the stock feet uh, shaved down, so cutting the, the foam in the middle or putting an aftermarket low-profile seat might help somebody when you're jumping from side to side so your feet are not hooking up on the seat. Um, changing the brake lever. Uh, people with really small hands, uh, sometimes the brake lever is a little far to actually reach. Um, and having your finger resting on that brake is extremely important when you're riding the mountains because that split second that it takes you to move your hands off the handlebar onto the brake could be that split second that saves you from crashing into a, a tree per se. And so having that brake lever brought back with an aftermarket uh, brake lever so your hands can actually sit and actually rest on that brake lever at all times is a detrimental um, switch to, to, to safety and, and uh, one's self-being. <laughs> and so, yeah, those are all, there's so many more. I could keep going and going and going and going, but uh, those are a bit the basics that I tell my beginners. I should mention, too, that as far as advice to newbies go, you wrote an article in the November issue of Snow West Magazine on that very topic, which I think is especially on topic if you're a new female rider, but probably for all all new riders should read that, too. Totally. Yeah, the boys at Snow West asked me to write a little article, and I was pretty honored to uh, to do that for them. And so, yeah, it's, a, it's an article based on, on uh, tips, um, you know, how to get into the sport and how to, how to be safe about it. And, and there's also tips in that article for husbands how to teach your wives um you know how to snowmobile and making sure that you pick proper terrain to teach them in for them to have the most um success in so like one theme i took out of that article was that there's sort of this balancing act that you're trying to challenge yourself and being okay with a certain level of failure but also moving at the curve that's correct for you in terms of a learning curve is that an accurate assessment Yes, that's definitely an accurate assessment. You're not learning unless you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. But if you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone too much every time you go out, that might be a little too much and a little scary. So you got to be careful to push yourself out of your comfort zone, but not to the point where you're breaking yourself and being really scared of everything as every time you go out. So you can push yourself, you know, a little bit, a little bit harder one day, but the next day just keep it mellow and have fun. You know, snow reeling is supposed to be fun. And so, um, yeah, you got to make sure that you keep it fun. 
from a strictly logistical standpoint, I think it can be kind of intimidating for some people just getting into it, knowing the all the equipment they need to buy. So from just that standpoint, if I decide this is the winter that I'm going to start snowmobiling, what should my first steps be in terms of deciding on a sled and all the other gear to buy? What would you recommend for people? I would highly recommend um, sussing out an outfit company um, that offers clinics and snowmobile rentals. Um, so yes, it's expensive to rent and do a clinic at the same time, but at least you'll get the feel of it and know a little bit more uh, if you're if if you should fully commit to buying a new snowmobile and all the gear. Um, you'll get a little taste of it, and 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 that will be a little bit more reassurance to, to somebody um, to to say, okay, yes, I think I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to go ahead and, and buy everything. And then the next thing after, um, once you, if you do commit and, and buy the gear and, and the snowmobile, um, is taking probably another clinic or an avalanche course. Um, most entry level avalanche courses, you don't have to be a good snowmobiler um, to take it. You you don't get too far off the trail with with basic entry level avalanche courses, and so making sure that you have a basic understanding of how to use your gear. Uh, you know, it's one thing having the gear, you need to learn how to use the gear um, afterwards. So taking a clinic avalanche course is the next step. Um, and then usually when you take a clinic, you're going home with a pocket full of tips and skills progression lessons to practice. And then you go home and you practice for the next couple months. And once you nail everything that you were taught in that clinic, then you can either come back for a little bit more of an advanced clinic or just keep learning at your own progression rate. So you have a lot of experience talking to people who are brand new to this. Are there some other common barriers to entry or reasons that people feel like they can't get into snowmobiling that you've encountered? And what advice then do you have for people who are feeling a little bit intimidated to get them to break through that intimidation? Yeah. So there's a couple of little boundaries I've found with especially women um, and especially women that are tiny, you know, like 100 pounds, five foot, nothing. Um, they have a mental block that, that, okay, I'm too small. You know, I can't, I can't do this. It's completely wrong. You know, I've taught women that are five foot, nothing, 100 pounds, it's wet and, and they are able to rip on their snowmobiles. And so, yes, it's a little bit more of a learning curve for the smaller people. But as I said, if you're setting up a snowmobile for yourself and you're taking a clinic to learn these tips for small people, it's, it's that barrier almost usually always gets left behind at that point. Um, another thing too is, you know, people who don't consider themselves fit enough, um, you just have to tone it down. You, you're not going to go for a huge nine-hour day uh, pushing yourself, breaking trail when you're not physically ready for it. You know, you, you, you tone the riding down to your physical ability. So, um, you know, being, being out for four hours instead and staying in mellow terrain for that four hours, you know. So you have, it, there's always an adaptive way to adjust the snowmobiling to, to one's personal needs. So as far as barriers go, I call those mental barriers. There's no, it's, it's getting over the mental barriers and then you're good to go. Is there any last bit of advice or encouragement you'd like to offer new riders who might be listening to this? Just do it. It's so much fun. Get the views uh, that you get and the 
the, the, just the outdoor air and just being out in the backcountry allows you to disconnect from your everyday life. And so it's almost a mental, uh, health, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Like it's it's an, a mental health out to get to get out there, and it, it's it's good for you. And so you know, just do it. It's you'll see. Yes, it's a big learning curve. Yes, it's very physically demanding. But just turn the snowmobile off, sit back, take your tea out, and look around, and then that will be reassurance of why you got into snowmobiling. It's pretty much the best thing ever. Well, thank you so much for the time, Julianne. We really appreciate it, and we hope you enjoy the riding season. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you for having me on. A huge thanks to Julianne. Make sure to check out all of her social media content. See the description of this episode for all of the appropriate links. Another big thanks goes out to all of you for listening, and a special welcome to all of our first-time listeners. If you like what you've heard, please consider leaving us a five-star review. Then hit that subscribe button and tell your friends to do the same. If you're new to snowmobiles, make sure to browse our past episodes to learn more about topics like proper gear and transport or the things you should be checking in your pre-ride inspection. And if you didn't catch the first of our Beginner's Guide episodes featuring Mandy Fable, go back and give that a listen. If you have any questions or suggestions for future episodes, use the link in the description of this episode to send us your thoughts. Then stay tuned for future episodes. So thanks again to Julianne, and take care, everyone. This has been the Polaris Podcast. Hi, you've reached Joe. Sorry I missed your call. Please leave me your name, your number, and a short message, and I'll get right back to you. Thanks, and have a great day. Straight to voicemail. Okay, Joe, you need to tell them that the Polaris Help Center is their first stop for vehicle information, maintenance tips, and how-to videos. All they have to do is look for the Help button in the upper right-hand corner of any Polaris brand website. They also need to remember that all riders should always wear helmets, eye protection, and protective clothing and footwear. Read, understand, and follow their owner's manual. Never ride under the influence of drugs or alcohol. And always ride within the limits of your own abilities and never engage in stunt or exhibition driving. Next time, answer your phone. Okay, bye.